Thanks for listening to this episode of Begin, the podcast from Derbyshire Writing School. My name is Pete Billingham and my co-host is... Laura Stroud. Not only are we the founders of Derbyshire Writing School, but we're dad and daughter too. Do you want to be a writer and don't know where to begin? Well, we want to help you solve the problems and overcome the obstacles preventing you from being the writer you dream to be. There is a place for you in our club. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast, Begin from Derbyshire Writing School. Now, before you start messing with any details on your computer or your mobile phone, I have got a frog in my throat. So if it sounds a bit husky, it's not the mic, it's not your earphones, it's my voice. So I apologise for that in advance. However, the tool that we're going to look at today is something that I think lots and lots of authors and potential authors have questions about, and that is the tool of a literary agent. So picture the scene. Your email pings and a little box pops up and the subject message reads, re-book proposal. Then you read the first sentence, which says, I loved your book, let's talk. Now, apart from getting up and dancing around the room like a maniac, Getting a reply from an agent would feel like that you have, well, you've hit the mark as an author. You've feels like you've conquered the world, let alone getting that coveted book deal or representation. But where do you start? How do you get an agent? And I suppose one of the other questions might be, do you really need one? That's what we're going to tackle this week as we add another tool into our toolbox as writers and we look at the tool of a literary agent. So, Laura, I suppose the first question has got to be, what is a literary agent? So another exciting tool to add to our toolbox, a literary agent is a professional who represents a writer or perhaps a group of writers and their work. So an agent has relationships with publishers and their main role is to sell your work or your book to the most appropriate buyer and that would be the most appropriate publisher. And this is often done in the form of pitching. So the agent will pitch your unpublished novel or perhaps even non-fiction work and they will try to negotiate fees and rights deals for you on your behalf. So that's their main role, really, representing you. So it's actually a tool, not necessarily for us to use, but it's a tool that uh, would help in that it's like a middle role, somebody between us as a writer and a publisher. I mean, an agent is a tool, I think, because actually they are a gatekeeper in some ways, which can have negative connotations, but actually it can be positive because... As us average writers walking around the street, we don't have access to publishers in that way. And lots of them don't accept unsolicited manuscripts. So you have to go through an agent. So they are a tool because we need them. We absolutely need them to access, um, you know, the big five or the big four, as it might be now. We need to access these publishers. And to do that, we need to use an agent. Okay, so this tool is something which is, I suppose you would say, is significantly needed if we want to take 
the next step and instead of becoming let's say like an indie publisher you want to go the traditional route you're going to need that tool of a literary agent so tell us a bit more about that tell us tell us about what that would be and how it would work Yes, you're absolutely right. We are looking at the more traditional publishing route when we're talking about literary agents. And we'll explore that a bit more as we go through this toolbox episode. But for many writers, getting an agent is the dream. It can almost feel like that pinnacle of success, that recognition, that acceptance, which makes you feel like you've made it. This reputation and expectation we place on agents can seem excessive, like we're putting them on a pedestal. But the truth is, agents do open doors. And an agent can and should make your life easier as a writer if you do choose to go down the traditional route. And as we've said, this is because they have the relationships with the big publishers and they deal with the tricky finance questions. They protect your rights as an author and they work to get you the best deal possible. And they really do push for this. And it's because they are often paid on commission. So you can guarantee that they will be fighting to get you the most money they can for your book. But as we said as well, most people, us average writers on the street, we wouldn't have access to all of these publishing contacts without an agent. So good or bad, this is how the industry has worked for years. And this is why we may need an agent if we want to go down this route. It is worth noting, though, that an agent isn't for everyone. Typically, they will take 15 to 20 percent commission on your book deal which can feel like a lot when you've sweated out um, all of those words and spent all of those hours on your manuscript. But again, it comes down to the fact that they will fight your corner and they will be pushing to get you the best deal. But ultimately, when it comes to traditional publishing, a lot of big decisions can be taken away from the author and these can then sit with the publisher. So this is where you would need to consider if traditional publishing is for you. For example, would you be happy if they changed the title of your book? Or what about if they published your book with a cover that you hated? Or maybe they decided that they needed to change your main character's name for a reason. So could you still love your book with these changes? And if some of these questions are making you squirm and making you feel uncomfortable, then it could be worth considering, actually, is self-publishing the best option for you? because you will have more control. Okay. I mean, this is one of the world, uh, the advantages of the world that we live in now with indie publishing, where just a few years ago, as you talked about, like the idea of a gatekeeper, you wouldn't have had any other option. You would have, if you wanted to get a book published, you could have either gone, I don't like those terms, but they call them vanity publishers, where you'd have paid a fortune to get your book published, or you had to go down this route. And now I think that there is the choice there. It's useful to understand what are the benefits, perhaps what are some of the uh, situations that you need to think about a little bit more. But at least now there is the opportunity to try some different avenues. So if I as a writer 
I've got a, a manuscript or I've got, you know, a, a, reason, a reasonable idea that I've fleshed out. How then do I take that next step if I want to go down the traditional route and to look for uh, this tool that can open up the doors to the publishers for me, a literary agent? As with everything in writing, it's never quite as simple as we would hope. Uh, finding the right agent can be quite tricky. And this is for lots of reasons. And there's a great book that I'd like to recommend that you can read if you're interested in this. It's called Getting Published, A Guide for Authors by Harry Bingham. And he shares lots of great advice. But the main thing to consider when you're trying to get an agent is that you will need to contact a lot of agents to start to see results. But it's about contacting the right agent and finding the best agent for you. So I wanted to talk about how to find the best agent, because actually that is going to help us get an agent if we've taken the steps to find the best agent for you. So stage one research you need to conduct extensive research to find a literary agent so the first place that I'd recommend to start your research is the writers and artists yearbook and you may have seen this infamous book it is on many writers shelves often quite dusty a new edition is published every year it's a bright red book with yellow font um, so you probably recognize it if you saw it it's published every year, so it keeps it up to date because actually what it does is it has a huge list of agents by genre and by style. So it will allow you to shortlist the most relevant agents to contact or it will help you know where to start with your research. It gives you a lot of focus. But do check online when you start to make your list and check that the agents you've shortlisted are accepting submissions, as quite often you'll find that agents close their doors for certain periods in the year. So they may just accept sub submissions just for a couple of months a year. So it's really important that you, um, you do that as part of your research. It's also worth researching by simply opening up your favourite book or, you know, noting who you're favorite authors are and just checking who represents them because you'll find you know if in the acknowledgments a lot of authors do mention their agents and that can be a really great way to find an agent that is going to appreciate your genre maybe even your writing style because they're going to be representing people that write in a similar way to you so it just could be another way to, to make sure your research helps you find a good match. So that's stage one in how to find a literary agent and how to find the best one for you. So stage two, once you've got this list of agents and you know they're accepting submissions, it's time to carefully read the submission criteria set out on their website. And I know this sounds really obvious as quite often there can be common threads or common things that they ask for but they could have specific formatting requests or word counts so it's it's about setting ourselves up for success so we're not falling at the first hurdle by misreading the helpful information they give on the website it's a bit like at school you know when they say read the question twice before you start your answer it's just double checking that you are using all the information provided to give you the best chance of securing that agent. Okay so stage three in securing an agent you need to collate your submission package. 
So this is sometimes called the proposal that you would send. And this is all of the information that the agent has asked for and you're simply collating it. And this is actually where you need to really sell yourself. And so this is where we talked about those common threads of information that are asked for. And there's three different things and we're going to talk about them in detail. So these are quite often what you'll be asked to collate for your submission, your proposal when sending this out to literary agents. So again, just a side note, make sure you check the small print and check what individual agents are asking for. But commonly you'll be asked for a cover letter, a synopsis and your opening chapters of your novel. So the cover letter. You need to keep this really professional. Don't go over the top, but you do need to sell your story. This needs to be short and snappy and it needs to be interesting. This is it. This is your sales pitch. This cover letter is going to mean that they either read the rest of your proposal package or they simply move on to the next one. So you'll need to write a really killer one liner that pulls them in and you'll need to make sure that they want to read the rest of your proposal. So just another side note, whilst it's called a cover letter, this is actually now often put into the body of an email. So you don't need to worry about attaching this as a letter. You can simply write this cover letter as your email. But you'll need to make sure you include the nuts and bolts of your manuscript, things like what the word count is, what your genre is, who your intended audience is. And that's really important because the agent wants to know that this book is going to sell and that there's an audience ready to buy. And you may also at this point include some comp titles. And this means complementary titles. So this is similar books in the market that are like your book, perhaps, that um, there may be similar audiences or crossovers in themes or genres. And this doesn't mean that you say, oh, I'm the next JK Rowling mixed with Dan Brown. This means that you've done really clear research to show books that either your agent represents maybe, or things that you know are in the charts at the moment that are related to your book. So that's the cover letter. That's part of the proposal package. So let's move on to the synopsis, which is also part of this proposal package. So a synopsis, this is the summary and an outline of your story. So it needs to be showcasing your great idea, but it's important that you don't add extra emotion or hyperbole. This is really just telling them what happens in your story. It's almost the facts. Your plot and your character should really sell themselves. So this synopsis should just be one page maximum and really start asking yourself the core things of your story, the core questions. So what does your character want? Why do they want it? And what keeps them from getting it? So don't be fooled. This sounds simple, but often it is harder to write than your novel. Writing a good synopsis is going to take you a lot of time. So don't rush it. And then the third thing we talked about as part of this proposal, part of collating your mission package, is the opening chapters of your novel. So usually you'll be asked for the first three or they could ask for the first 10,000 words. Again, this is where you need to read the submission requirements. And the reason why they ask for the first three is to show the quality of your writing. And it's important that you do send the first three 
because um, quite often we think, oh, well, I want to send them the middle chapters because they're really good. But actually, um, they want to see the first three because they want your book to be good from the start. They don't want to have to wait till the middle of the book for it to be good. So your first three chapters should show off the quality of your writing, give them an idea of your voice and really set the scene for the rest of the novel. So that's what you would include as part of your um, submission package, the cover letter, the synopsis and your opening chapters. And then once they're ready and finished, you would start to send those to the list of agents that you've collated as part of your research. Oh, my goodness. You know, one of the things that we often say here on the podcast is there's always more work than you think in the process of writing a book i mean we, we've we've discussed this laura lots of times haven't we that there always seems more to do than you think if it's not you know just coming up with the idea and then getting that first draft down then that process of editing it it seems as if that is like almost the easy part if you want to go down a traditional route in that the amount of work it sounds to get to use this tool of a literary agent could be incredible apart from the work of writing writing the book is this something that would like for a lot of potential writers would put them off i mean what else what else would we need to know if i'm thinking you know i i'm i'm in the about in 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 the position to hit the button on these books that i've been reading and if i suddenly decided well you know i'm going to try and now take that down a traditional route instead what else would I need to know if I'm thinking, well, perhaps I, I'm going to try and find a literary agent. What else would help me to know whether that's a tool I should use now or whether I should stick with the indie route? There are so many decisions and tasks in, involved with finding an agent. You're right. And actually, it's really, really difficult to get a literary agent. It's not easy and it's important to take our time to research and to really carefully check that this is a, a good decision. It's if it's the right decision for us to make. Just because it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's impossible. So it's important to know, you know, people get book deals, they get um, agents every day. So it's not impossible. It's just maybe it might just take a bit of time. But there are a few things actually to mention that either questions that are asked a lot or just things to to consider when we're talking about this topic because it can be quite emotive and it can actually be a huge part of the writing journey so often when we start writing we want to know about this part because actually it's the most exciting part and it's something to work towards and it can motivate us to finish our novel if we know we've got this to look forward to to send it out and even to get replies you know how exciting would that be so it can be a real motivator but a couple of things to share. So often people ask, will an agent steal my idea or, or what will they do with the work and the synopsis that I've sent? So it's important to note that an agent will never sell your work, steal your story idea. They won't ever copy characters. They follow strict professional conduct. So don't don't ever worry about sending things to them. Don't worry about feeling the need to password protect your work or to add the copyright symbol. Under UK law, your work is automatically copyrighted as soon as you've created it. An agent wouldn't try and steal this. So you're completely safe. You don't need to worry about sending anything to them. So something else to consider 
rejection is a huge part of this process and it's completely normal and it's absolutely fine. So I did a bit of research around this and according to Jericho writers, agents actually read around 2,000 manuscripts a year. So if we break that down, that's roughly five manuscripts a day, every single day of the week. That is a lot of manuscripts. So you will get ignored, you will get rejected, you will get positive things too. But actually, when, we face, when we're faced with this rejection, just know it's not personal, it's part of the process. And it could simply be a numbers game. And just because your book isn't right for them, or it doesn't fit certain trends or the current market at the moment, it doesn't mean that it's not a good book. It doesn't mean that it's not good enough. It doesn't mean that your book shouldn't be picked and shouldn't be published. You do have options and it could just mean that you need to keep trying, trying for different agents or maybe tweak your book or wait until the market trends fit the book that you have written. So what else? If an agent is reading that many manuscripts every day, every single day of the year, it's important for us to say that there is no room for error. So don't send your story until it's finished, because quite often, once they have rejected a manuscript, they won't want to see it again, and they will reject it without reading it if you resend it. So whilst it can be tempting to send your work to test the waters, you know, just before you finish and see if anyone's interested in your story idea, actually, it's not worth it because it can be a very quick turnaround so if they did happen to like your work and they emailed you and said yes I'm requesting a full manuscript they would expect that straight away and if you didn't have it that could cause problems it could affect the relationship all that sort of thing so it's important to finish your novel edit it revise it seek help re-edit it proof and proofread it again before you start contacting agents because you want your work to be in the best possible position before sharing it with the literary world and your patience will pay off. Finally, so many agent stories start with, well, I was sat next to this agent or I met my agent at a cocktail party and it can just feel like this up uphill battle or a serendipitous event, but it doesn't have to be this way. We've got a great story, actually, from Shirley Mann, who told us about how she found her agent. But through conducting research, having the right book at the right time, and yes, maybe a dash of luck, but actually being really strategic with how you contact your agents, making sure you're meeting their submission criteria and making sure your book is in the best possible position before you share it can really help you on your way to securing a literary agent. Okay, well, before we finish, I've got a question, which is sort of like um, just a thought I've had as we've been talking. Do you make the decision that, right, I am going to go and try and use this tool. I'm going to try to develop the relationship with an agent um, as a tool, as a writer to get a book published or the other options we've talked about, you go the indie route. What about is... If you choose to go the indie route, can you then come back and go back to an agent and say, here's a book, even though you might have published, self-published it yourself before? Is that a, is that a strategy people use? They try it first and... 
Yes, it is a strategy you can try. And this comes back to research and reading the agent submission criteria, because some agents will say that they won't accept manuscripts that have already been published somewhere. And that will include self-publishing, whereas other agents may be happy to to do so. So this is about research. Um, And also it's about Um, this form of hybrid publishing so this is happening at the moment where some people are indie authors and they self-publish some books but then they have other books that are published traditionally so if you've finished a book and you've tried tried agents and it's not working then yes of course self-publish and see what happens but equally there's nothing wrong with self-publishing from the start and then maybe doing some research and seeing if agents are interested it all comes back to like you said it's this choice and it's wonderful that we now have this choice and we get to assert it and we get to try these things and decide what's going to work best for us well that's been a fascinating uh, insight into this tool some of the tools that we've looked at have been very simple haven't they they've been like a hammer or an screwdriver this tool is like a little bit more complex it's a little bit more technical to use it's something that um isn't the kind of thing you can just pick up and off you go. So it's useful to understand that having this tool in our toolbox is perhaps something that's a bit of a long-term, bit of a long-term uh, strategy. Um, and even though we can do the research, we can work through the stages that you've suggested, those three stages, there is also that little bit of chance, a little bit of luck that's going to happen. But also I think that we make our luck we make our own look by putting the work in. And that mean, might mean we've got to contact hundreds of agents. You know, at worst, we might get a bit of feedback. We'll probably get some rejection slips. At best, we're going to have somebody who's going to represent our idea with a publisher. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast and you think to yourself, well, I'd like to go down that route. We would love to hear from you if you've had any experience at all, either trying to find a literary agent and not being successful or the other way around. We would love to hear from you if you have bagged yourself an agent in some way, even if it was the way that Shirley talked about to sit next to one at a table or whatever. We would love to hear from you, both because of our experience in growing and uh, in our skills and experience as writers, but also to share your story with other people who may be in the same position. So if you have used this tool, if you'd like to use this tool, if you've had a result from using this tool of finding a literary agent, we would love to hear from you. How can people do that, Laura? How can people get in touch with us? You can email us, it's info at derbyshirewritingschool.com or you can send us a message on Facebook or Instagram at Derbyshire Writing School. Okay, well, for this episode of our Toolbox podcast, it is bye from Pete. And it's bye from Laura. Thanks for listening. <laughs>